0: What's going on, guys? It's Nick here. Back to the video. It's Thursday. It's time to take a look at every game this week. Talk about the players I'd be starting and sitting. First game up tonight's game: Panthers at Bears. Very low, thirty-nine point total. Bears up to three and a half point home favorites. the Panthers, I'm projecting them to score only one point nine touchdowns, and the Bears have allowed the fewest yards per carry in the league. So a pretty terrible spot for the running backs. Chuba is the lead running back right now and is the only one you could trust to start in this game. But he's just a very low-end running back, too, and someone I definitely prefer to bench. Only other player really considering on the Panthers is Adam Thielen, even with the injury to DJ Chark. Uh, it's just not a spot where we want to go to secondary wide receivers this week. He is coming off his first dud since week one, but he projects for around nine or 10 targets. His worst game of the season in terms of catch percentage was 72%. This is a pass funnel spot. So we're thinking, you know, he's got a floor of probably four or five receptions should have around five or six in that range with upside for more makes him a good play. I would start him this week. Then on the bears side uh the matchup for running backs is elite the panthers allow a seven percent boost to yards per carry and have allowed the fifth highest opponent rushing touchdown percentage so when people score against them most of the time or at least at a very much higher rate than average it is a rushing touchdown uh this is also the third best matchup for running backs in terms of schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed ultimately though We're probably going to see a three running back committee assuming they play Herber, which it's seeming likely that they will. If that happens, it's pretty tough to trust any of them, even in such a good spot. Like someone's probably going to find the end zone. Someone's probably going to have a good game because of that, because any running back that scores a touchdown will have been worth starting unless you have like 10 yards with that touchdown. Um, Right now, I have it Foreman, running back 23, Herbert 28, Roshan 44. Again, Gonna come down to the touchdown. If it's Herbert that scores, he's probably gonna be, you know, finish higher than Foreman. If it's Foreman that scores, he'll finish higher than Herbert. I would say that those two are the much better bet over Roshon Johnson. Uh, but yeah, you can't have a, very much confidence in any of them. It's gonna be a three running back committee. As for everyone else, um, I'd play Fields if he plays. I don't know if he's going to, but if he's out there, I would play him. Uh, if not, you're not starting uh, Bajan. And then DJ Moore, wide receiver 15 right now. Cole comment tight end five. Uh, so... You're probably playing them. Um, I would say maybe if you have a really good wide receiver core, maybe you bench DJ more, but most of you are playing both those two players. Um, it is actually the worst matchup for tight ends, but just given the general lack of elite tight ends with the week that, you know, Kelsey is on by, I just think you're probably playing him. I don't really care about the matchup too much. Uh, it really just comes down to touchdowns. He's got a good end zone share. I'd probably play him this week. Uh, I've got another Germany game this week, uh, though definitely not as good as last week's game. Colts at, again, at quote-unquote Patriots. uh, Total set at 43.5 points. Colts, 1.5 point uh, road favorites. But again, both teams are on the road effectively. For the Colts, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Pittman, both must starts in my eyes. Um, Downs is another solid option. You know, can get you through some bye weeks, through some injuries. If he plays, watch practice reports there. Uh, If he looks like he's going to be another game-time decision means he's kind of banged up uh means maybe we shouldn't be starting him uh this coming week new england has allowed the second lowest yards per carry against them so not a very good spot for efficiency on the ground that being said uh jonathan taylor continues to earn a larger and larger share of the backfield every week getting 23 opportunities last week on a 74 percent snap share he's also up to eighth in expected points per game over the last four weeks now so he's getting more and more volume you should be able to trust him it doesn't mean he's gonna have a great game but you should probably be playing him this week Uh, and then Pittman eight receptions in back-to-back weeks he's up to a 27.5% target share in the season to go along with a 39% red zone target share Uh, also if Downs is a little bit banged up especially if he misses this game he's someone to lean on Um, New England definitely limits wide receiver one production especially when it's a Clear one, like they're going to clearly sell out in the passing game to stop Pittman because who else are they really throwing the ball to? Uh, So definitely, you know, a lower floor, a little bit more risk in this spot because of that. But I think just given the expectation of the volume, I would still play him this week. Then for New England, not a lot to love. Um, Stevenson had a good game last week, but pretty much all the production came on that one really long touchdown run. Didn't do much other than that. Uh, The Colts are a great matchup because they elevate their opponent's plays so much but you know Stevenson is still just a low end running back too this week behind him Demario Douglas wide receiver 37 um basically the same play as last week he should see around seven targets probably gonna catch about five for 50 uh you're hoping for a score on top of that so if you need like 10 points in full PPR go for it but again no significant upside for Douglas uh, but a pretty good floor in general uh, and then Hunter Henry find the of tight end you're going to need a touchdown there obviously uh that's the case with every tight end uh, and he's someone that you know they're going to run the ball in the red zone but it's going to be him and douglas are like the two players are going to kind of focus on in the red zone and so he still has the best chance of scoring among the pass catchers the one o'clock games kick off with packers at steelers another low 39 point total steelers three point home favorites for the packers aaron jones uh he said a season high in snap percentage for the second straight week so he's getting more and more touches um well more opportunity definitely got more touches this last week but the opportunity growing uh they said they're gonna you know i don't remember the exact phrasing they said they're gonna cut him loose they're gonna you know let him go last week and it happened right they didn't lie to us 26 opportunities his best in a game leading up to that was 13 so he doubled his best opportunities before that of course we knew you know, we didn't know he was going to double, but we knew the touches were coming because he'd been limited all season. Get certain week one, you know, misses more time after that. And then he's limited when he returns, you know, suffers like a setback in the injury. Like, it was tough last week. was kind of the first time he was fully healthy. And again, 28 oper- or 26 opportunities. Um, it's a positive matchup with the Steelers. I'd play him as a high upside running back, too. I'd be surprised if you are benching him this week. Behind that, though, appeal really drops off for the Packers. Uh, Love is a very low upside streaming option. Christian Watson has the talent, should have the opportunity, but hasn't really been able to put it all together this season kind of because of Jordan Love. Um, And then no one else just gets enough volume to be a viable play. Um, You can play Luke Musgrave at tight end if you need a streaming option. But, you know, we had the touchdown last week. He's someone that I really like long term for right now. He's kind of like a, a low ceiling play. You're really hoping he hits for last week, which is only like around 50 and a touchdown. Most weeks, he's probably going to have like two for 40. So if you're cool with that, okay. Um, but it's not like he's in a great spot or anything. Uh, I really just is like play Aaron Jones if you need a boom bust option in the flex. Use Watson if you need that streaming option. Use Musgrave, but no one's that appealing in this spot. Uh, then for the Steelers, Dante Johnson has been dominating the target share since returning. Uh, That's really hurt the floor of Pickens, which we saw last week. Of course, he becomes like or comes within like a centimeter of scoring a touchdown, which would have obviously helped his day. He definitely should have scored that touchdown. Uh, Regardless, like the the target share is definitely lower with Deontay back. Uh, Deontay is a quality wide receiver, too. Um, I think most people, especially in full PPR, are playing Deontay Johnson um at worst i mean he's a he's a good play he's a good flex play like if he stays healthy you just know Deontay's is going out there and getting like eight to ten targets uh and while the ceiling isn't amazing he finally scored last week uh maybe that can get things going but he's like a quality wide receiver too he's not gonna lose you the week and he do, does have upside if he can get to like you know eight for a hundred that's still a really good game even without a score um yeah on average he's probably gonna have like six for 60 which is still pretty decent and has room for upside from there um then, you know, Najee, Warren, fine. Low-end running back twos. Um, no one really stands out in Pittsburgh either. It's not a great game. Uh, I could see plays being really down in this one, scoring being down. I mean, the total is very low. Um, Green Bay is just not like a – it's not a really a matchup where any or anyone like stands out, right? It's not like they get destroyed to one position and, you know, hold off production from another. They're just kind of like – A tough one all around and so could really cap the upside in this game Uh, so again play Deontay at wide receiver two especially in full PPR Uh, use Najee and Ward if you have to at running back two Uh, use Pickens if you have to at like wide receiver three as an upside play but I'm not really expecting a big game from anyone here really on either side of this game Uh, Steelers at Vikings is up next uh 41 and a half point total which is becoming the new average basically uh saints three or two and a half point road favorites for the saints kamara is the only must play but i would call olave Taysom hill really strong plays uh Juwan johnson viable in deeper formats if you really need that tight end uh doesn't really have a ceiling but is someone they want to use this season especially in the red zone um we talked in depth about Taysom hill during the waiver wire video but you know just to kind of rehash that The role is increasing, and when you look at per touches for him, they're strong touches, right? When he gets these carries, they come between the 20s at times, but a lot of them come near the end zone. So they're very valuable touches. He's going to project for around five or six carries, around two or three targets. You know, he's probably going to have a pass attempt. And if he doesn't score, I mean, even in a full PPR league, he's probably only getting you five or six points. Uh, But... He's got a really good chance of scoring. He grades out as a tight end 11 this week. Um, you know, just given where those targets, where those carries come on the field, he's a pretty good play and a pretty high upside play and at a position where there's not very much upside, totally fine if you had to play him this week. Uh, Vikings are a pretty bad matchup for running backs uh, and the team also kind of like forces a lower dot and a higher catch rate. So Basically, they want their targets to be underneath. Um, I don't think that that benefits Michael Thomas a little bit, but I don't think enough to where you're playing him after that dud. Like going into last week, the target share was pretty decent, but he did absolutely nothing last week, even in a matchup that would theoretically kind of favor towards him. I just don't see how you really trust that. So I think it's Olave playing him as a wide receiver too in pretty much any matchup. Uh, with Michael Thomas, uh, Rashid Shahid, Tough plays. I mean, Shahid, you're, you can play in the flex, second flex spot if you're like, you know, okay with two or three points, but you want access to that 60-yard touchdown. Uh, but understand that, you know, the floor is obviously very low with him. I would say Kamara, Olave, Hill, those are three I'd stick with this week. And maybe Jawan in deeper formats if you need him. Then the Vikings, um, I would assume job starts this week. and I'd assume he knows a little bit more of the playbook this week. Uh, honestly, makes him a quality streaming option, even in a difficult matchup. Um, there's definitely a lot of unknowns, though, with the Vikings. Doesn't seem like Jefferson's going to play this week. He could, but it doesn't seem like he's going to. And I doubt Osborne will clear a concussion protocol. I doubt he's going to play this week too. And if that happens, if they have Jefferson out, Osborne out, like Addison and Powell are going to be their top two wide receivers. They're probably going to have Jalen Naylor and Nikhil Harry as 3 4 unless they call someone else up. So. Not great for Dobbs, but I think you can still play him just because of how good the offense is and how good you know Hawkinson and Addison are, right? Like those two can still carry this offense. Um, in that setup, you're you're playing Addison. Like, even if he doesn't project amazingly, because maybe the offense as a whole could bumped down, like if he's so clearly their top wide receiver, you know, his floor is pretty high and his ceilings even higher. Um, and then Hawkinson, I mean, he's gonna be a start every week now. I mean, I mean, he was before, but with how heavily Joshua Dobbs targets a tight end position like Hawkinson is just a slam dunk play rest of season. He'll have duds, but you have to play him every week. Um, And this would honestly make um, Brandon Powell viable in deeper formats, but I would say 8, 10, 12 team leagues. You probably just stick in with Addison uh, streaming Dobbs and then Hawkinson. Cam Akers done for the season, so that's going to open up touches in the backfield. Uh, Should be down to Madison and Ty Chandler. We'll see if they activate Miles Gaskin. Uh, So a lot of moving parts there, but the odds are Madison would be the lead back. He'd be a pretty quality running back, too. Uh, Not one that really stands out because he hasn't been amazing this season. But if you had to play him, I wouldn't feel bad about doing that. Next up, we've got the Texans at the Bengals. Uh, Should be a really fun game to watch. High. 48 point total, Bengals, seven point home favorites. For the Texans, Stroud was incredible last week. 470 passing yards, five touchdowns. Like, he was incredible. Uh, Fifth game this season with at least two passing touchdowns. Third with over 300 yards. He's having an awesome rookie season. You look at anything, you look at like the interceptions, but even like the turnover worthy plays. Like, you just look at like, oh, is he getting lucky with not throwing picks? Like, no. The ball placement is incredible the accuracy is awesome he's being aggressive downfield like it's everything you want from rookie season for him he's going to be fantastic in this league he really already is um given how much we expect the texans to throw the ball this week i mean he's a quarterback one like you're just if you have cj strout you're playing him this week um and that kind of flows through the pass catches right you don't have to play all of them but Nico Collins tanked out they're gonna grade out his quality wide receiver twos this week Dalton Schultz is a tight end one I don't know if I said tight end for the wide receivers obviously the wide receivers the wide receivers but Nico Collins Tank Dell, great plays Dalton Schultz great play um don't expect last week to happen again right he's probably not gonna have another game this season where he has 470 and five touchdowns but they're still very, very good plays. Uh, Noah Brown, a bit more thin. Um, only my wide receiver, 44 right now. I knew he a great game last week. A lot of it came on that one big play. He doesn't have enough consistent following to where I would really want to be starting him this week. Um, then for the running backs, we'll see if Pierce can play. I think before I recorded this, I recorded this on Wednesday. He did not practice on Wednesday. So, well, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the week. We will see. We'll um, see. If he's active, you're probably benching both of them. But if he misses again, Singletary would be a fine running back two. Um, tough last week because it was like a trailing script. And he dominated the running back touches, but there just weren't very many running back touches. Um, could happen again this week because they're playing, you know, at the Bengals. Uh, but he'd be like a fine play. Wouldn't be someone you have to play, though. Then for the Bengals, uh, Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, all my starts, Um, It's a great matchup for rushing touchdowns. Everybody scores a rushing touchdown against the Texans. So definitely a good spot for Joe Mixon out there. Um, He's not going to be efficient on the ground most likely, but he's probably going to score a touchdown. So a little bit more of a boom-bust play, but you know, if he's going to score a touchdown, the boom is definitely possible. Um, Watch the status of Jamar Chase. I'm sure he'll be fine, but watch his status, I guess. If he ends up being out, obviously everyone gets a bump, but I'm pretty sure Jamar Chase is going to play this week. Um, If he does play again, Play him, still play T. Higgins. It's not an amazing spot. The Texans still have a good defense, but it's one of the best games of the week. Uh, it's got, you know, a very, very high ceiling as we saw in the game last week. Uh, so I would just play all the starters for the Bengals. Browns at Ravens is up next. This game has a very low 37 half point total. Ravens, six point home favorites. For the Browns, nothing stands out. Uh, the Ravens are the worst matchup you can get this season. Um, everyone you ever project against them grades out very poorly. Joku, tight end 15, uh, Jerome Ford, running back 27, Amari Cooper, wide receiver 30. These players have upside because the be- they're the best players on the team. And if the volume really flows through them, they can get going. But if you wanted to bench all three I just mentioned and everyone else, totally fine doing that. Just at Baltimore, is just such a tough place. Then for the Ravens, uh, Browns are also a difficult matchup not as difficult as Baltimore but still you know a very tough matchup I and mean, that's why the you know total in this game is so low um you're starting Lamar you're starting Andrews every week don't care who they're playing uh just temper expectations this week uh I don't think I'd play anyone else in this team though like Gus has been running back 31 uh Keaton Mitchell running back 47 Zay flowers wide receiver 38 if you're desperate, If you have to play these guys, it is fine. Um, Matchup's tough. I just really would not want to play them this week. Next up, we've got Titans at Bucks. Another low total, 38.5 points. Bucks, one-point home favorites. The Titans, um, you're really only looking at Henry and Hopkins. I only have the Titans projected to score 1.6 touchdowns, so not really expecting a lot from them. Uh, But, you know, these two players have... Such a massive share of the team's volume that they're always viable. Henry, running back 14. Hopkins, wide receiver 9. Next best plays are Spears at running back 36. Aconquo, tight end 17. If you had to, sure, I wouldn't want to play either one this week. Then for the Bucs, uh, Rashad White finally scored last week. Again, everyone scores against the Texans. Uh, worst matchup, obviously, but you know he's 10th in expected points per game over the last month. 10th most featured running back in the NFL, getting 75% of the Bucks running back volume. Problem is, the Bucks are the 5th worst backfield in terms of total expected running back fantasy points. And so, volume-based running back too, um, definitely better in full PPR. It's just tough when, you know, this backfield doesn't get that many great looks, and so even if he's getting a ton of touches, these are not a very many high-value touches, and so volume-based too uh, you wish he was on a better team, but he is not, uh, or at least a better, like, rushing offense, we'll say, because the, the Bucks are still, like, okay. Uh, then Godwin, Evans, weekly wide receiver twos as well. Evans was, like, a yard away from his third straight game of the touchdown last week. I think it would have been his sixth game scoring a touchdown this season. So definitely a play that, you know, finds the end zone more often than not. So definitely a good play most weeks. Uh, and then Godwin. He Struggled this year, but the volume's been there. And like you would think that Evans is dominating the red zone targets, but Godwin has more red zone targets and more targets inside the 10 yard line than Mike Evans. He's just not really converting them. I think positive regression is coming for him soon, and so I would still play him at wide receiver two. And then lastly, Kate Otten had a great game last week two touchdowns. He's playing like 97 to 100% of the snaps every week. Uh, but He's still, you know, not a high target share player. He's going to need those touchdowns. Only game over 43 receiving yards on the season last week. And this is the third worst matchup for opposing tight ends. And so definitely a low end option this week. Final one o'clock game is going to be 49ers at Jaguars. 46 point total, 49ers, three point road favorites for the 49ers. uh, Start their studs when healthy. That means all of McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, all strong plays this week. Debo should be good to go. I watched practice reports, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play this week. Um, They're coming off of their bye. He's had plenty of time to recover. I wouldn't worry too much about his health. Uh, If he does return, it's definitely going to help Purdy just having one more weapon on the field. Uh, Purdy's the same as always. He's a very high floor play, very low ceiling play. He doesn't really go out there and get 350 and four touchdowns which isn't the end of the world just know that you know he's much he's very very likely basically to be in that like 15 to 19 fantasy point range and much less likely to be at 27 28 um so if you need that ceiling you probably want to go with someone else but on average still grades out as a quarterback 10 this week so he is a good streaming option um toughest call I think is Depot like you 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 knew you were starting McCaffrey Kittle, right and you knew that Purdy was a fine streaming option Debo is the toughest call. Right now, he's grading out as a wide receiver 22, given that he gets some carries, um, given that you know he's still a very explosive player. And so even if he's not going to project for mer- very many touches, when he gets it, those touches are very high value. And he still has a good chance of scoring a touchdown. Um, watch practice reports, but I think he's a wide receiver too. Um, I I think I'd play him if I had him this week. Then for the Jaguars, uh, Etienne, Engram, must starts uh, Ridley and Kirk grayed out more as flex options this week. Lawrence, my quarterback, 13, so definitely fine to play. Um, those three in particular are going to feel really gross. You're going to look and be like, oh, you know, the game's against San Fran. They're a great defense. Maybe I should bench them. They're actually a slightly positive matchup for wide receivers. They really limit yards per reception, but they allow an above average catch rate. So we should see some targets for these two. We should them, see at least one of them find success. And the matchup isn't super negative all around. So not a good spot. Not one where I expect, you know, 303 touchdowns from Trevor Lawrence for both Ridley and Kirk to get 100, right? Um, we would like the Jaguars to score in the upper 20s. They're implied to score 21.75 this week. So it's not a good spot, again. But they're coming off five. They're playing at home. They're still a good team. Uh... There's still things to like about this team, and there's definitely a chance that you throw them in the flex and they have a big play. So I think flex, I don't think wide receiver two. I think they're more boom bust. But if you had them and you were like, man, you know, it's this player or like someone like Demario Douglas, right? Even if like these two grade out better, but someone like Demario Douglas is going to have like five for 50 or six for 60. Like that's just the range he's going to be in. At least with Ridley and Kirk, they could have eight for 100, right? Whereas a lot of players don't have that in the range of outcomes. So Again, I'd play them in the flex. Four o'clock games kickoff with Lions at Chargers high, 48.5 point total, Lions 4.5 point road favorites. For the Lions, Dave Montgomery is expected back now. Um, obviously, watch the news, confirm that he's back, but he's expected to return this week. Uh, assuming he is back, then I'd expect him to now be the lead back of this team. He's going to get, you know, most of the carries, all of the goal line usage, uh, while Gibbs will mix in between the 20s on the ground and then be featured in the receiving game. Um, It's not going to be as drastic. We can kind of trust their coach speak in season. And they talked about how, you know, they kind of brought on Gibbs a little bit slowly in the year and that, you know, he's produced really well recently. And so it's not going to be the same split it was to start the season, but they still love Montgomery. Montgomery will still get more carries than Jameer Gibbs, and he will be getting touches at the goal line. So My projection right now has Montgomery getting 16 carries and two targets, Gibbs getting like eight or nine carries and a little bit over five targets in that five, six target range. That's going to grade out and more touchdowns throwing through Montgomery. So Montgomery running back 15, Gibbs running back 19. I think they're both running back twos, but if you had to choose between them, you're playing Dave Montgomery because he's got a much better chance of scoring. But again, both are playable at running back two this week Um, behind them. Starting off, Monterey St. Brown, uh, Sam Laporta, the Lions are projected to score just over three touchdowns this week, and they have the fifth highest team total of the week. They're also coming off by, so you'd imagine they come out with a pretty effective game plan early on. Like, they're just a team that we like. They're a team that has great playmakers, great coaching. When their starters are healthy, you just want to be starting them in fantasy. Then for the Chargers, uh, definitely a tough spot against a strong Lions defense. It's made even harder now that, you know, William's done for the year. Now Palmer is on the IR. Quentin Johnston's been, you know, really slow to develop thus far in his career. So they're not able to rely on him more than a few design plays. He's not really commanding any sort of target share. And so it should be the Keenan Allen Eckler show. Um, Tight end's going to mix in. Quinton Johnston's going to mix in. Uh, but, you know, you're starting Herbert Eckler. Keenan Allen. You're only using Johnston if you're super desperate in deeper format. Uh, you're only using the tight ends, same way, like in a 14-team league, or you know, you you're got you've gotten unlucky in a 12-team league and you have to go there. Uh, but it's mostly the big three this week. Next up, we've got Falcons at Cardinals, 43 and a half point total. Falcons one and a half point. Road favorites. The Falcons. Uh, Cardinals are a great matchup. They've allowed between a 2% and 7% boost to yards per carry, yards per reception, catch rate. They're 30th in rush defense DVOA, 31st in pass defense DVOA. That being said, it's an Arthur Smith-led offense. And so he might just decide that, you know, Kaderil Hodge is their best goal line option this week. Give him a carry. Like, you have no idea what they're going to do. So basically, even though their players. Will project well, who knows? Right? Who knows? Uh Bijan projects as the running back nine, Pitts, Janu, tight ends 12 and 13. London, if he's able to play, which they sound optimistic about him playing, uh, he's gonna be a flex option this week around the wide receiver 30. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just weird the usage that they're having this season out of 32 running backs with at least a hundred carries on the season. Bijan is second, averaging five yards per carry. Algier is third worst, averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Usually when people have 3.2 yards per carry, they're out of the league. They're getting benched. They're not getting any touches. The coach isn't saying like, yeah, we love what he's doing, right? He's really getting going, going from two to three yards per carry. So it's a weird situation. Um, Algier could definitely score, but just given how awful he's been this season, He's going to need to score to do anything because he's been so, so, so inefficient that you just, you can't really trust starting him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's Bijan, London, Pitts, Janu, but beware, right? Because it's an Arthur Smith offense. Then for the Cardinals, uh, watch reports later this week. Uh, we've got a lot of moving pieces here. Possible to get both Kyler Murray and James Conner back, but I don't know if that's going to happen yet. We're probably not going to find that out. Potentially until Sunday, but definitely not until like Friday, Saturday, I don't think. Um, I'm hesitant to start Kyler in his first game back. If you have another option, I would lean towards using that option unless it's like really bad. Um, But if you had to, it's not a bad play. I'm just a little worried that especially in his first game back, he's not really going to get any designed runs. And that's going to hurt his upside because his upside has always came from the ground. He's not someone that goes out there and has 303 touchdowns every week. He's someone that, you know, does enough through the air, but does a lot on the ground has rushing touch on upside as well if that's taken away to start out the upside kind of goes away and i'd prefer someone else uh, but he grades out as my quarterback 17 right now and i am factoring in that risk so if your next best options the quarterback 20 then i think just start kyler murray this week again if he plays um the running backs depend on james connor they depend on amari de mercado like i i don't i don't know what the situation is going to be we have to just watch reports there I think Connor could play, and if he does, assume he's good to go, assume he's healthy, assume he's basically a low-end running back, too, in fantasy, and don't start any other running backs. But whatever other situation we get, we'll just see who's active, and we'll kind of go from there with the projections. For wide receiver and tight end, I think Marquise Brown uh, is a pretty solid wide receiver, too. Rough game last week, but... You know, what are you going to expect given the matchup they had last week? The quarterback they had last week. Assuming Kyler's back, Marquise Brown's a wide receiver, too. Trey McBride, like a low-end tight end one. Um, Kyler's probably not going to throw to tight ends as much as Dobbs did. But with Ertz still out, uh, with, you know, McBride being a good receiving tight end, he'll still grade out pretty well. Um, So definitely a decent amount of players that have potential on the Cardinals. I will note, though, that, like, none of them stand out. Like you can play Kyler, Connor. McBride, uh, Marquise Brown. You can play all of them. None of them stand out as must starts, even really like strong starts. They're all just like fine this week. Next up, we've got Commanders at the Seahawks, 45 and point total. Seahawks, six and a half point home favorites. For the Commanders, uh, Seattle is a slightly positive matchup all around. They're not like a bad defense, but no one should struggle with efficiency in this spot. Uh, The Commanders are touchdown road underdogs, though. So it sets up as a bad spot for Brian Robinson, a good one for Antonio Gibson. If they find themselves down 7 to 10 points, it's just more likely they implement a trailing script. Uh, You can definitely play Brian Robinson and hope the game is closer, hope he scores a touchdown, but it's a low-end play. Uh, I still would not play Antonio Gibson, though. Best plays are Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Sam Howell is perfectly fine to stream, but it's sort of like the Cardinals. Perfectly fine to stream is like kind of how I would categorize it, right? Sam Howell, quarterback, twelve; McLaurin, wide receiver, twenty-seven; Dotson, wide receiver, thirty-five. None stand out, but if you had to play them, they are fine. On to the Seattle side, great matchup, especially for wide receivers and quarterbacks. Geno Metcalf, Lockett, all must starts. Get them into your starting lineup. You could play JSN. I actually have to play JSN in a league this week in my second flex spot. Definitely fine with that. Not all three are going to go off. They're not all going to have 100 touchdown, right? But all of them are set up well enough to where you could definitely play all of them. And then Walker, mid range running back, two. His value is getting destroyed by Charbonnet, but last week was kind of worst case scenario. They lost by 34. It was like 37 to 3. Obviously, that's not going to be a Ken Walker game script. They are touchdown home favorites this week and so i wouldn't be surprised if they shift a little bit more back to ken walker he's a bounce back game he goes for 100 touchdown like that could definitely happen but i think he's due for you know double digit carries this week first time since week seven it's been two in a row Had like eight and nine carries i think he gets back up closer to 15 this week i think he's a quality play final four o'clock game it's gonna be a beat down giants at cowboys low 38.5 38 and a half point total. And the embarrassing part is it's that low of a total and the Cowboys are still 16 and a half point home favorites. That means the Giants are implied to score 11. That has to be the lowest of the season. It is embarrassing. I have them projected to score 1.1 offensive touchdowns. That is the lowest mark of the season. That is embarrassing. Saquon is the only player you can even consider on that side of the ball. And despite his incredible opportunity share, still just a running back 10 this week. On the Dallas side, if this isn't the week Pollard finds the end zone, then it really just might not happen for him. Like Dallas should be in a positive game script from the first drive. Like really early, they should very much understand that like if they don't screw up, they're going to destroy in this game. Um, that should have them leaning a little bit more run heavy, especially when they get into the red zone. I have to imagine he scores. I would say all of Dak, Pollard, Lamb, must starts. Ferguson is a strong start thanks to his red zone role. I would wish one of Gallup or Cooks would do something this season, but you can't really trust either one of them even as massive home favorites because, again, massive home favorites, but usually you get a team that's a 16-point favorite, it's like a 50-point total. It's like a really high total because they're going to score so many. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's around 27. They're going to score around 27 points this week. That's almost in line with what they are usually. So it's not like, you know, the Giants are just the worst defense in the NFL. They're going to score five or six touchdowns. Could happen because they could get so many short fields that it's just so easy for them to rack up touchdowns. But they're probably going to be in the upper 20s for points. They should win easy. And so not everyone's going to have a great game, but they're going to score touchdowns. So some people definitely will. Sunday night game, an instant classic, right? We got Zach Wilson and the Jets against Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders, a pathetic 36 point total. Jets are one point road favorites. For the Jets, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson must starts. Everyone else can be left on benches. These two are just dominating the touches on this offense. And so we're not looking to secondary pieces on a team where two players are dominating the touches on a game with a 36-point total when your quarterback is Zach Wilson. So only those two. Then for the Raiders, uh, ground game finally got going last week. That was great to see. They're going to need that this week. The Jets are by far the worst matchup for wide receivers. They really limit passing volume. And so we should expect them to come out and be like, okay, Can we do it again? Can we run the ball again this week? That is their best chance of winning. Uh, If they can't, could get ugly pretty fast. Uh, It's going to be an ugly game regardless, but could get very ugly if they can't do that. Uh, You're starting Jacobs. I don't think I could bench Adams. It's a horrific spot. I'm not projecting him well. I would just have a very difficult time benching him, but definitely bench everyone else this week. Do not play Jacoby Myers. Then the Monday night game. Final game of the week. Broncos at Bills. 47-point total, Bills 7.5-point home favorites for the Broncos. At Buffalo, very tough place to play as touchdown road underdogs nonetheless. Uh, It's just tough when you get into obvious passing situations. That crowd gets super loud. They're able to just know your passing, just send everyone at you. Like It could definitely get out of hand this week. Uh, No one stands out as a very good play on the Denver side, but Javante Williams is a perfectly fine play at running back, too. They're going to want to lean on him. He has the best matchup, so he could have a good game. You uh, could use Judy or Sutton in the flex or wide receiver three if you need them. My hope is that Marvin Mims post-buy gets more opportunity, especially now that you know they were trying to feature Judy and Sutton just to hope that someone would trade for them. No one did, and so they don't really have that anymore. And so now they can be like, okay, well, we don't need to give them as many snaps now. So I think Mims could get more work. The problem is if that happens, it basically just makes all of them terrible plays. And so... I don't know that I'd play any of their wide receivers, just given the risk there. Um, I would probably just stick to Javonta Williams on the Denver side. And then for Buffalo, Allen, Diggs, Kincaid, all must starts. And I would say, you know, James Cook, Gabe Davis are strong starts. Denver has been improving on defense recently, but they're still last in yards per carry allowed, last in opponents, opponent catch rate allowed, they're 31st in rush defense TVA, 32nd in pass defense TVA. so... They've gotten better, yes. They absolutely have improved as a defense, but they're still not good, right? Also, um, I know Gabe had zero last week. Uh, that that's what we talk about every week. Every single week, Gabe could get zero, one, two points. Very, very possible. But you need to know that if you're playing him in the flex spot, in the second flex spot, he comes with a thirty-point ceiling. And so, what do you want? Do you want the person who's going to definitely score you in that? Eight to eleven range, or someone that's going to score you potentially zero, maybe thirty. It's a question that you need to answer. It really depends on your matchup. Are you projected to like lose by fifteen? Play Gabe Davis. If you're projected to win by fifteen, maybe don't play Gabe Davis unless you want the hammer. Sometimes that is fun though. Just having that, you know, last player on Monday night, just to give you some level of hope. And let's be honest, even if you're down by thirty points, you've got some hope if Gabe Davis is still out there. So. That is a breakdown of every single game this week. You can find my full rankings and detailed projections on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com, along with my Week 10 Running Back and Wide Receiver report. That's just going to show you which players at Running Back and Wide Receiver are seeing the most volume this season and over the last month in just very easy-to-understand graphics. So good luck to everyone this weekend. But that, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. enjoy. If you did, have a hang the like button. Have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.